When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. You know, I don't miss many meals, so we try to get a little local lunch and then, you know, but I like to get a local flavor because I think the local flavor for the food gives you some talking points with some of the coaches and some, something you can talk about beyond just like, you know, hey, you know, how's this guy and how tall is he and how fast is he? You say, hey, where can I get lunch today? So, you know, we're working that into the day, making a, making a day out of the that area to me is you know what we do and it's yeah it, it it makes it more fun but it's i think it's part of the whole process of figuring out the area the coaches the players that was special teams coach ed foley over in lincoln yesterday at a press conference terrence knighton also spoke we'll get into that in a moment it's coffee and cream in the morning on hail varsity radio powered by currency Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, which Damon looks dapper today. I don't know if anybody else is watching on YouTube or Twitter right now, but he's got what looks to be a, a jacket that kind of gives trench coat vibes and uh, the hoodie underneath, but the ho- the color of the hoodie I'm really digging. Cream. Coffee. And. Cream. <laughs> Coffee. Cream. Oh, I thought you were just wearing the black and white for coffee and cream. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I don't know. Why do you look so good? Um, You're making me look like a bum over here. They just the pulled me off the street. The 32-and-a-half-year-old carpenter that lived a, lived, lived a life for others. Bless me coming out of the womb. I don't know. Why Why do you look so good? <laughs> what? Did you just pull out something new in the closet? Like, is this a Christmas outfit that you Mm-mm. forgot about for the I last month? I don't remember getting – well, I, maybe I did get a, a couple of things for Christmas that were closed, but I'm not really that dude. Sometimes you just wake up and you're like, whatever. I'm feeling good. Yeah. So. Well, you're wearing jeans, too. You're not a jeans guy. Um, no. Well, I don't normally see you in jeans, I no. should say. Well, you see me at 6 a.m. in the morning, so – that is a true. lot of lot of things you that probably don't true. see, but I, I, but I also I've also seen you coach at night, and you're also wearing sweatpants. Yeah, well, we have to wear black pants, and I don't not a black jeans kind of guy, and I wouldn't coach in jeans. So <laughs> they're asking you to. So so I'm giving you a frame of reference for you don't see me in jeans. So your jeans middle of the day. I'm jeans whenever the. Flip, I feel like it. How we got on my wardrobe this early in the morning I like is, it. is very Andrew Rogers. I like it. I like it. I mean, it's just, it's kind of weird. <laughs> it's kind of weird. No, I just, I pay attention. Well, pay did attention. you pay attention to your blues last night? <laughs> did I watch the blues last night? Let me see how many NHL games are that were, that were on TV last night. Oh, One. wait. One. So, yes, I watched my blues cough up a 1-0 lead. Then it was one one. Then it was two one. Yeah. And then it was four two. I didn't like. I don't know. You, it's kind of blank, and it's four two. Does the, the NHL lose. seem kind of spurty this year? Uh, there, like there, it seems to be a year of a lot of unanswered goals. You know, dude, they just go on these little 
these little mini goal scoring runs. And the Blues aren't one of them ever. No. Ever. Now, they don't really have a, a well-put-together team. If you look at their lines... Oh, here we go. It's like, you do go who's two and that half, guy? You, go, you do go two and a half lines deep. Who's that guy? You need a checking line, too, by the way. Huh. Not very physical. No. Barbashev is probably the most physical not, member of the team, and he's on the second line. Not to be confused with the stuff you shave with, right? No. Barbasol is <laughs> what that is. My. One, one of those deals. I don't no, the Blues are not good, and uh, I, don't, I don't really feel like talking about them just yet. But we should talk NHL here later on in the show because uh, Bobby Hole died yesterday. Yeah. Bo Horvat got traded yesterday. We can talk a lot about that. Because what was Hole? Was he, he's 84? 84, and he's not the most well-liked individual in yeah, the sport. Yeah, very, very uh, intense. Is that... I don't. You don't want to dance on anybody's grave. Let's no, just go with yeah, edgy. edgy? Let's just, yeah, let's just say people didn't like the way he carried himself. Yeah, yeah. outside of hockey. Of hockey. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know there was there was something else that we talked about yesterday on the morning dump that we'll touch on today too because I did a lot more research into those payouts for that new government bill. Yeah. So I'd like to uh, I'd like to talk a little bit on that. We'll talk to Aaron Torres at eight o'clock. Notice how I'm setting up the show five minutes in. Professional taxation without representation, man. <laughs> I think that was part of a uh, Shane. Was that on like Saturday morning specials? Like the whole "I'm just a bill" and conjunction junction. What's your function? What's and all your that? function? Yeah, yeah it th- probably was. What it's, that is taxation without representation and the little kid with like the little. You're insane to remember that. What. Was that from? It was. I know the cartoon. I, Schoolhouse I, Rock. The, the Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, I am insane. You are absolutely nuts to know that. Like, yeah. was Zoe watching that this morning? No. So Zoe was Zoe was sleep upright on the couch this morning in her blanket. She gets like up just a, sitting. Yeah, she gets up. You know, right as I'm getting out, so I start her bath water, and. So I saw her bedroom door open, and she kind of waits. Like she, she doesn't. She doesn't Pavlov. like Pavlov. She doesn't Pavlov. Is it like Pavlov's? Like where when she hears the shower, hear she the knows shower, to get up. She, she, <laughs> no, but you know. So of course we had to put on the little Spidey Man show because that's part of yep. the routine. So usually she's the just waiting. Amazing Spider Man and friends or something. Yeah, but this time she was just sleep between the crevices and the pillows, keeping. Her I've been upright. there. Been there, done that, and I. Gave her a kiss goodbye, and I was like, whew, you're too young for morning breath, kiddo. And she's like, eh. <laughs> She's like, ah, bad dad. Just bad blow, dad. Blowing she, it in your she face. She has this great big old full head of hair. She looked like a baby lion. What, are what you is doing going over on there? in the background, Shane? Can you turn your volume down? Shane, or what you doing over there? I mean, seriously, what's going on? <laughs> The dude is was that a little better? There was he, he, he. Well, he he was throwing things around this morning, like uh, what were you listening was to? Throwing around listening Patrick to, Mahomes to, to on Cornhub podcast or something? Did you say Cornhub? Yes. Thank God. <laughs> I was just saying. Just saying. What'd you think I said, Drew? Down. I thought you said Bornhub. Good morning. <laughs> because we were talking about how you came out of the womb looking as dapper as you are. Good morning, Shane. Good morning, Shane. Shane's a little crabby. We're this talking morning. to Aaron Torres at eight o'clock. College basketball. Uh, we'll also he'll get con- me, so I'm not so crabby. <laughs> we'll continue that conversation with Scott Ritchie, um, Illinois men's basketball and football for the News Gazette, and then we'll end with Joel Lorenzi, 
our Creighton beat writer for the Omaha World Herald. But yesterday, DB, I was making some dinner while listening to a couple of coaches speak at Nebraska. and Chaps and Foley? I was making steak. I made a really nice steak on the, on the stove. I don't have a grill just yet. I made, I made steak yesterday, too. A little too. cilantro, a little thyme in the pan. I like that. Did you get any rosemary? Uh, a little rosemary uh, in the did, pan as well. Did she have a baby? Um, no. The movie was traumatizing. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about birth. I was just thinking of Rosemary's baby. Sorry. Uh, although this steak was my baby because, oh, man, was it tasty. Really? Perfect, perfect medium rare. So I had perfect. salmon on the smoker for um, the, the, the youngins, which I started 90 minutes. In the new edition. For, for salmon. No, I, I outside. No, I'm saying like the new addition to the youngins. Uh, yes. Wasn't there a new face at the table? Yes. Nice. Yes, yes. So she's pleasant. She's she's fantastic. But anyway, uh, in the skillet, I did a fillet. So mm. I did not use rosemary because I'm not a rosemary guy. But there there was a smashed shallot. There was the squeezable garlic, not the good stuff. I didn't feel like, you know, how they use the right. flat, the flat edge of the knife and yeah, your boy wasn't doing that. You don't master chef it. But I did yesterday at the store grab some garlic parm butter discs. They were only like a quarter. So I got like 3 and dropped one in the skillet and so I'm a, mm. so I think I have Mm-mm-mm. the technique down. 3 and 3 hard sear. I get the sides. Then the oven is on 400. The skillet goes in the oven. Alexa, please set timer for four minutes. Four-minute timer. Would you like to name it? No, Alexa. Just start the timer. That's how me and Alexa get down. Put the skillet in. And uh, the steak was 129. Temp. Yes. Beautiful. Oh. Mm. So... I had some... What is that on the scale? Medium rare. So I had some old chimichurri that I put in the back of the fridge to, to for longevity's sake because I got it from here two weeks ago. Safe to say the chimichurri was no longer really in its Prime. natural good state. So I just went ahead and tossed that. I tossed the whole container too. You ever? Are you a? Are you a? What do you call them, Shane? Are you a Tupperware guy? Yeah, yeah. So I swap out Tupperware about once a year. Do you know why? Why? Because if I can't find the lids, I'm not. I'm not rummaging. So we're gonna go ahead and start anew. So you won't look through your bin of lids nope. to find the right lid. No, because you will resort to driving to the store. Getting a it would new be the, set. It would, it would be the best $6 I've ever spent because I'm a man of principle, Andrew. <laughs> All right? I, when you put away it's the Tupperware. a little bit like me. When you put away the Tupperware, it's not that hard. Lids should go on one side. Tupperware goes on the other. If it's a circle, stack the circles. If it's a square, stack the, sta- the squares. That way, if I get a square Tupperware, I am looking for a square lid. I look over here, pull, pull. Got Somehow over time, it gets away from us. Is well, it not, you uh, or 
other people. Well, you know, if I'm talking, it's probably not me, but that's <laughs> not neither here nor there. So we just start over. We just start that's over. That's insane to me. Why wouldn't you just search for the lid? I don't know. <laughs> like you're wasting more time well, it only by happens. grabbing your keys. So there'll be about three or four times a year while I'll rummage, but at some point I'm over it because I hate mismatch Tupperware. Okay. Is that just a little OCD? A little? Oh, pot meat kettle. <laughs> okay. Au contraire, mon okay. frere. Okay. Um, um, but I won't drive to the store w- to get a brand new set of... What did you season your steak with? Are you a kosher salt, pepper guy, a little garlic? No, I... Montreal? Back when it was warm outside, I know it feels like a long time here in Omaha when it was warm, <laughs> I went to the farmer's market, an old market. Oh, good for you. And I got some applewood seasoning from a local vendor nice and i've just had that in my cabinet so that's what i use and it is tasty really mm. so i'm on this uh I, I like i'll try anything my whatever you call it pantry of seasonings is it's a it's out of control there's some things i forget i even have but right now i'm on this buttery steakhouse thing and i hit it with a little smoked salt and that was it i kept it simple I don't like to do too much. The salmon had uh, some Old Bay, some blackened Old Bay, and some pink salt. That was it. Low smoke, 180 for 90 minutes. And the temp held even though it was zero out. My mouth is salivating right now. Yeah? Right now. You know, I, was at, I told you I was going to Costco after the show yep. yesterday. And I went to Fairway. So, did you go to the one I told you? The one off of Giles and what? Is that 72nd? I don't know, 77th, yeah. 76th? Yeah, that's the one I went to. It's, it's, it's sneaky nice in it there, is, isn't it? It is really nice. It reminds me of the one that I used to go to in Sioux City. Really? Yeah. Sioux City's fine. Well, so I messed up. I accidentally went to Family Fair first. I don't know I do, where my I do it all. The, I do that all. Listen, for as much as I can recall and all the other little dumb right. stuff, Rain Man... The Rain Man. Fairway and Family Fair appears to be a phenomenon for your boy because I don't. I so screw I pulled, it up all the time because you told and me they're that by it, each other too. By the way, right? Over there. They are. They're like four minutes away. But you told me that it was like a new look and the fairways that I'm used to seeing. I'm like, oh, it's not like what it normally is. So I, my head was already tricking me when I pulled into the Family Fair parking lot because I'm like. Wow, this is a lot different. You and Bush I've never McBill. seen a fairway mi- just like this. Your like mind this. is playing tricks on you. Yep, and I walked in, and I shopped, no joke, 15 minutes. I'm, like, going is, around. Is that a long time for you? Um, I, well, I didn't have a lot in my cart at this time. I, I stopped by the greens to get the fresh cilantro, the fresh parsley. Wow, you went big. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm big into the freshness. Um, That's cute. And then I went. Thanks, is I that, guess. So you keep the metabolism going in that nice felt shape of yours? Yes, yeah, exactly. And then I end with a bowl of ice cream. Um, <laughs> and then I went back to the meat, like the meat market. Yeah. And I'm like, this doesn't look like Fairway. The selection wasn't <laughs> very good. I'm looking at the salmon. Aww. And I'm like, this salmon looks like it got hit by a bus. And then I realized I am not in the right it's store. Andrew Rogers looking, working on my endorsement for Family Fair. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if we're ever going to get them on this show after this. 
I'll tell you what, though. What Ryan said, I just set off his Alexa timer. Oh, did you? I think he must. It must be audio, and so sometimes when just you keep say, saying it. Hey, Alexa, set timer for four minutes. <laughs> four minutes. Hey, Alexa, call Ryan a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What is her answer now when you ask her like a hard question? I'm sorry. No, that's probably not what Alexa says. <laughs> Wouldn't shock me though. She she has some she has some random answer. Yeah, like I can't answer that right now. Hey, so you know I'm annoyed, right? Because I watched Enemy of the State when I was in high school, and it's and I know that all of a sudden we'll have ads on our computer mm-hmm. of things that we talk sure. about. So do you realize I turn off Alexa until I need her? That's weird. That's yeah. really weird. Yeah. So you unplug her? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And when I plug her back in, she's telling but me I don't that she's hate finding that. my Wi-Fi. I don't hate that because there are so many conspiracy theories out there. Well, have you ever looked at her and she's just like blinking at yes. you? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, hey, Alexa. I yeah. And I ask my her. My parents are probably like cheering Listen, so right I ask, now at home. So I ask her. I say, Alexa, is there, a, is there a message? No, but you do have three notifications. You have buying. Bu- like, And I'm like, why do you want to get my attention? Let's turn you off. Right? Do you ever play the games that come with Alexa? Like no. Jeopardy, Categories, Absolutely things like that? Absolutely not. No. You should. Sh- While you're cooking, great time activity. Great time passing activity. You want me and Alexa to connect? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and Alexa. <laughs> me. Just don't spend too much time with her. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like one of those answers Jim Beheim would give last night. <laughs> Wowzer. Good college basketball slate Kind of. For, for a small sample size right. of games, there were some really good games. And apparently, Drew Down, Texas must be better than I want to give them credit for. You don't want to like them, and they keep winning. Mm-hmm. So uh, apparently they're good. And Baylor was looked at as a projected Final Four team. I, I wish Baylor could find a way to get easier shots in the paint. They shoot a ton of jump shots. And we lost my All-American. I finally got the diagnosis. He's um, Mike Miles Jr. from TCU, who's mm-hmm. quietly having a very fantastic season, unless you're a hoops head, because you think TCU, and of course you think quarterbacks. But I was thinking TCU and thinking hoops. Detroit Red, that's what I like to call him sometimes. Is Dylan Mitchell, I'm going back to Texas here, is Dylan Mitchell overhyped? Or is he just still young? Uh, I think he's young, but he had the three plays in the row, and the broadcast went crazy. You know, he had the put-back dunk, and then he had the nice pass. And you would have thought you would have thought he ended. No, I know with like fifteen to twenty points. Yeah, I. I mean, he ended with what four? I get it. You know, like, but all about hyping the kid up. But I mean, all season long, it's been NBA scouts are in the seats to watch Dylan Mitchell. He was the third best recruit coming out. So so the the dude is George, though. Keontae George Mm -hmm. for Baylor. Like, that's Micah's guy. So we had to, of course, tune into that. And he's like, you know, we arrived at yesterday. You want to be good enough at a sport where you don't have to worry about getting your hair Mm -hmm. cut. Apparently, like, when you're younger, you want to, like, look good, play good, mm-hmm. so you go get a haircut. But apparently he's noticed the older you get, they don't worry about getting haircuts. Because he went down the rabbit hole yesterday of an old back and forth between Shaq and Kevin Durant, where Kevin Durant tweeted at Shaq, like, Shaq, you know ball? And Shaq clapped back, no, but I do know when to get a barber, brush my hair, and 
get a hairline. And I was like, wow. A lot of people clapping we're, back we're on back at, lately. Dude, the pro, the pro on pro crime is fantastic. They're on top of each other. Because, right and I, and I, wish, I wish like fans would like just kind of tune in and see their perspective because that's kind of how usually how I feel. Like LaShawn McCoy yesterday – on what's the show now? I don't even know what it is. It changes names. Is it There's speak, so many sports. Is it shows. Speak for Iracho or Goodbye Wiley or like what? What is that show anymore with Joy and Acho who drives me bonkers? By the way, he went back to the like old school haircut part. Oh my goodness! So and McCoy was like they were going back and forth, and Acho was trying to like vouch for Osai, and McCoy's like no 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 no. Like, did you see Mike Hilton pull up? Mike Hilton pulled yes. up. Oh, yeah. Osai, you have to know better. He was two feet out of my – it was just – then they went this the back and forth. behind Mahomes, it looks even They started worse. to get into officiating, and Joy was like, look, let's not act like Joe Burrow didn't have the ball with two minutes and 30 seconds left, plus the two-minute timeout and two timeouts. Like, do you think if you gave Mahomes that similar situation, they would be going three and out? I just was like, see, all the whining we do back and forth. Like, players – they get it, man. They they don't they don't say stuff like that. They don't they don't say, well, you called this and you didn't call this. And I get why fans do it, but you can't do that during the course of a game for sixty minutes. Like I just and the weird thing is is I see like guys and gals in media like feeding it too, and I'm like, We're perpetuating madness. This is madness. Or is it Sparta? Give them nothing. <laughs> Good call. This is Sparta. Boom. Hey, it's uh, Speak, by the we way. Stand the show. S- speak or Speak About, something like that. Oh, yeah, I don't know. With, I just, with Shady and Acho and yeah. Joy. And, and uh, Shady, I don't, I don't always agree with him, but he does not hold back. Mm-hmm. And he's just not polished enough to be – interesting but yeah the 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 athlete on athlete staley just collecting bodies yesterday on social media hey thibodeau gives putting them in a body bag thibodeau gives zero cares oh yeah <laughs> he's he's we knew that after his post-game presser a couple of weeks ago well we knew that before the draft well yeah when his stock when it, when was supposed to drop though. because people didn't think he cared about sports because i argued what, what was it that he didn't know who the coach was yeah uh on the that, other sideline yeah that he didn't know who and Jeff I'm like, saturday i'm was. like stop it you don't and you I went actually, to bat for Tibbs on did, that one. You did. Because did he's, he's 21. He has no idea who Jeff Saturday is. I'm like, come on. Come on. You know exactly. No, he doesn't. You know exactly who you're playing. Uh, that you, name you, popped you, you up. You and your snow angels. I'll make snow angels all I want after my interception. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, like, athletes are just, they're just over it. Usually you only see it in the NBA. Like where they go back and forth with one another. Yeah, you're probably right there. But don't I mean, see a lot regarding Major League Baseball or NHL, I, 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 except for when guys get accosted over fantasy league debacles. <laughs> like, no, that's when they throw punches on the field. Because <laughs> everybody chiming in over that. And man, speaking of baseball, by the way, I have a bat and glove in the car. Ooh, yeah, you I have a catch. Uh no. Not exactly. Thanks. 
Sick. But how about Purdy having the, the torn UCL? Yeah, that's crazy. I was afraid of that. I was afraid. We'll get to our poll question, and we'll talk about the two new Lincoln coaches next. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, welcome back to the show. 888-638-4876 if you'd like to get involved. 590 ESPN Omaha, 1480 ESPN Lincoln, live on Twitter, live on YouTube. Happy to have you with us as we are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, and during the break, DB, we uh, got our tweet regarding Alexa, and she responded back. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad. Shane, my best, can, can we apologize to Ryan? Sorry, I'm. I'm so sorry, so sorry. It's so, not. So, so. It's not who I wanted. <laughs> Is to. that Tom Brady? It's almost but like that's so much better though. It's almost like I didn't say in sorry my in my best Tom Brady voice. I, 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 almost, I think I think Shane's just calling Tom ba- Tom Brady a cry baby. Is no. Hey, they were debating whether the Dolphins should pursue Brady, but I felt bad for Rhino Ryan because he said. Uh, did I say jerks? Because I hope not. But he no, said, I did. Oh, I, because oh. you said yeah, yeah, yeah. You said hey Alexa, uh, and she, I said she, hey she, Alexa, call Ryan yeah, a jerk. You have several contact names. Ryan's a jerk. Which would you like to call? <laughs> which is a great <laughs> comeback, a fantastic comeback, dude. I'm telling you though, Alexa is creepy, or Siri, or what, either or whichever one of you. They're all listening. So my buddy, um, Oklahoma Tyler, my my. My sous vide partner in crime because he's into sous vide now. He was that one guy. You ever you ever know this guy or gal that they downplay everything when you're doing it, but when they figure it out, it's like I I do have it's, one it's or like two of we, those. We discovered the tenth planet, so <laughs> you know he has all this discretionary income. So my man just buys toys for the sake of buying it, right? So he knows I'm a cooking snob. So he got the green egg. This was years ago. This is probably six seven years ago and he got the egg and you know he'd always he has these big fourth of july deals and i was always particular about cooking and he's like i just put it on set it forget it man once i get it to temp it's too much work it's too much work right he just wanted a good brisket right now it's hey i got the sous vide I'm like vacuum sealing just to be vacuum sealing. You should hey. see, you should see my steak game. I'm like, bro, aren't you the guy that said food was overrated? You just I've been for, telling you this for years. You just eat for sustenance, right? You don't care really. Oh man, he probably wrote the Bible too. So yesterday, I was just messing with him. I showed him like these hacks that people are using instead of buying sous vides. They're like putting the things in dishwashers to simulate the same concept. Yeah, of you a, told me about of that. a warm water bath, and he hit me back with haters gonna hate. I'm not hating. I'm a sous vide guy, 
right? Like we polish turds around here. We turn chuck steaks into fillets. You know what I mean? And he's just like, nah, he's like Chef. He's like Chef Oklahoma Tyler, man. You, you must feel personally attacked. I do. That and the fact his son worked out on West Side the other night, so I'm still a little mad at him. <laughs> just, just salty a bit. You're mad. I mean, Maul. I was mad. I, lo- I love Maul Jaw, but I don't I, like Oklahoma I Tyler. Maul Jaw was like working out on West Side. I he looked like Magic fact. Johnson out there. That Shane laughs at his own <laughs> jokes before we laugh. He played that, and he goes, <laughs> He's a child. He's a child. Don't make me go Joe Staley on you, Shane. Oh, I needed a laugh today, though. That hey, was good. Our poll question so of the day. Shady McCoy roasting Acho was one of the funniest things I've seen. I'm not an Acho guy. Oh, really? <sighs> I got to stop because there's plenty of people that don't like me, and that's fine, right? Like, I'm not – it's cool. Like, opinions make the world go around. So, is it okay if I'm critical? Yeah. Okay. I just need a little verification because I'm insecure. You got my back? Always. I got your six. Okay. I do. Hey, let's get to this. Be elite. I got you. Hey. (laughs) Can I just say this real quick? (laughs) It's your show, DB. (laughs) Dude, it's so crazy. So what you're talking about, I don't even know I'm telling you this except for – because you're going to feel for me because you go, man, we were talking about recruiting off-air, all these other stories, right? Yeah. I tell you about all these weird mm-hmm. things. You're like, man, this, like, affects your livelihood, doesn't it? And I was like, yeah, people have no idea. Like, I just kind of keep it light. So yesterday we were talking about – you just said I got your six. We uh-huh. have all these T-shirts, you know, West Side of the Culture. And so we're in the kitchen and <laughs> – we were just talking about recruiting. And I was like, hey, so if you notice, you know, Caleb talked to you about recruiting. And he's like, I don't even like talking about recruiting. I don't talk about it with anyone. Like, that's what he said. Like, and, of course, I'm in the room, right? So he's talking to me, too. And he goes, I, I, we were just talking about sayings and being authentic. And and he goes, hey, I'm dead dog serious. I, don't, I shouldn't even say this on a local radio station, but <laughs> – he goes, he's in the kitchen, and he goes, well, Coach Fleck, before the dead period, did send me a text talking about having an elite day. He asked me how my test went. And I go, did he say be elite? And Caleb goes, yeah, he, be, he said be elite. He goes, man, I love that guy. There was this awkward silence in the house where everybody was like. <laughs> did he just say that? Hey, Jay goes, we're not doing maroon and gold. Out loud? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And what did he say? Nothing. <laughs> he didn't want to get into it. <laughs> tell me tell me this because I need to know. Oh. Because most teenagers are the same. <laughs> is he a new person whenever the girl's in the house? Like, no. Does he try to be? No. We didn't see different? him for 15 minutes. He walked away? He was downstairs. He's yelling upstairs about all this stuff? When she first got there for dinner, he was downstairs for 15 minutes before he even came upstairs. And she was in the house? Yeah. That's amazing. He goes, what, what a you, power move. He goes, what were you guys talking about? I go, so I can't even remember what I said. You? Yeah. He goes, uh, sound like you're having a good time. What's up, Sophie? <laughs> I was like, you sound like you're having a good time. Hey, what's up, babe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
it's it's funny you it's funny you play Foreman too when I bring up PJ Fleck. Oh. You have no idea how funny that is. Hey, let's get to this. Our poll question of the day. <laughs> hey, Oklahoma Taylor said, man, I don't like you. I don't know if I'm ever going to get to the poll question. <laughs> hey, man, we have fun. And why is it so hot in here? <laughs> God, it's like 98. It I'm sweaty now. I, was re- I pulled up my pants. <laughs> okay. <laughs> from the bottom up. Start, not from, stop from the not bottom from the now you're here. All right, Urkel. Come on. Well, who would the white Stephen Urkel be? Did I do that? <laughs> okay. Ed Foley? Yeah, my bad. <laughs> my my coach told me to put a zipper in it. <laughs> Sorry, coach. <laughs> it's Tuesday. All right, let's chill. Let's, let's chill. Come on, man. We're here for entertainment. Are you not entertained? Is that not why we are here? Are you not entertained? <laughs> are you not entertained? Man, your head is in a tornado of thoughts. <laughs> it's one thing after another. It's like, oh, it's coming out the right ear. It's coming out the left ear. I'm still ear. traumatized by the be elite thing. <laughs> Give them nothing. Be elite for a test. Uh, oh, all right, poll question. You sure? I'm ready. We're good? I'm ready. This fits the mode. I need to this take fits you. the mode and the mood. I need a drink. <laughs> hey, our bold question of the day. Does Ed Foley make anyone else instantly think of Matt Foley? <laughs> now, as your father probably told you, my name is Matt Foley, and I am a motivational speaker. Yes or no? Does it make you think of Matt Foley? Because to me, it does. What are you two in cahoots? And I TV, TV. I wish, I wish he would have got up to the podium, and he played along with what everybody else was thinking. I'm just telling you, he could run from. He'd win. He'd win the election in our. He think about this. Fol, Coach Foley could win the senior class president election in our school at Westside. He's that well liked. Think about if he would have stood up in front of the podium. I'm gonna stand up like you. He stand when like, <laughs> did I do that? <laughs> and he's like, now you kids are probably asking. Hey, Ed, <laughs> how can Nebraska get back on track? Okay. Well, I'm bunking. <laughs> I'm with you. And I am a motivational speaker. <laughs> because I'm tired of living in a van down by the river. And I live in a van down by the river. Well, he did have a nice little piece on Albano, though. In the kicking game. In all seriousness, after that. <laughs> just, trying to, just trying to land the plane. What plane? I don't even know if the plane has wings at this point. That's the one that Tattoo was on. Mr. Work. I don't think that would even be politically correct anymore. Could Fantasy Island, could you have, could, I don't know. Shane, I need, to, I need a life preserver. Could family, for, could Fantasy Island be on te- television today? Well, I wouldn't see why not. Yeah, you do have a job. That's true. You know? Yeah. I mean. The show. I mean, the show. I mean, tattoos are, he's, he's not with us anymore, so he couldn't be on it. And neither is Mr. Rourke. Chris P. on YouTube says, initially he reminded me of Gordon on Dodgeball. <laughs> That's a good one, too. That's a good one, too. It's More hot, coffee and cream here. next. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, welcome back. Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. We should start this thing over. We should, we should do a whole new show. Strictly here for entertainment. We haven't done one thing of work. You know what our bosses are probably thinking about right now? That we Why? make them a ton of money. <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I was thinking more, why did we put these two guys yeah. on air? Yeah, for a couple of guys that just do this little small show, <laughs> cash register sure does cha-ching. <laughs> Let's not get it twisted, fellas. Hey, way to stand up for us. Dude. What, what, was that a bike <laughs> bell? <laughs> was that supposed to be a cash register? It's, it's, it's old Herm- school. It's his Pee Wee Herman moment. That's old school. That's what an old school cash register wait sounds like. Wait till you sure, see what absolutely. happens if they try to put me in a polo. <laughs> It'll be anarchy. I can't wait for today, dude. I'm I'm not golfing. Like who? Like <laughs> like what are we doing? You're, you didn't what, know we we have a golf simulator. What are we ten? We dressing up for school pictures? We have a golf simulator over at Herdat. That's what we're doing today, dude. By the way, what if I was good at golf? Would that be fantastic? Would we spend more time together? Uh, yes, because I would golf with you. However, I'm not very good at golf, so it works great. Yeah, I, I shoot sh- about. An 88 to a 92. I should have stayed with my guys at Miracle Hill because they have a teacher whose style, Mike Faber, who, like totally fit my style. He was patient. He like he knew I was special, so he'd like talk to me like on one knee. <laughs> he like gave me confidence. I I need that guy. Hey, I found your ball, DB. It's <laughs> it's over here in the bushes. <laughs> Hey, hey, DB, DB, you can play that. You can play that. Hey, you got out. Why does it have to be a bad (laughs) shot? (laughs) Oh, DB, hole in one. See, you you like the rest of these professional athletes. You're you're mad, too, on social media. Just telling me whatever it is that comes to mind. I'm Max Homa for you. (laughs) Wow. Have you ever seen him, his social media game? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Like, he's a good one. Hey, by the way, what's what's the narrative for the Super Bowl? Is it? The I think Andy, brothers. I think Andy Reid's coach. Hey, is so how, how many downloads? <laughs> is it the Andy Reid Bowl? Is it the fact that the Chiefs are back again and nobody thought they would be? Can I just say this full disclosure? I think I can say this. Am I in the tree of trust? I'm about to go full Will Ferrell here. Well, I'll tell you what. We already talked about SNL already. As 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 an African American, I think I count right. Last time I checked. Can I just tell you, I'm not a huge fan of intertwining the significance of two black quarterbacks during Black History Month. Do you know why? Hit me with it. Because I think at some point you could recognize something's uniqueness without and have it be a standalone deal without 
downplaying the significance, pitting it against something or with something else. It just happens to be February. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like th- every year, the do Super I have Bowl to- happens in February. <laughs> I thought you were going to say every February is Black History Month. <laughs> Right about now, Bill's probably like, we really wanted this guy. <laughs> oh, now, we're, now, now they're questioning it. After, after the first 38 minutes of the show, actually, I'm sorry, we're 47 minutes hey, into the hour. Chris knocks on Bill's door. He's like, hey, so. Um, Did you catch the show this morning? You know all those business models we talked about? <laughs> yeah, I just don't think the juice is worth the squeeze. And he's like, what do you mean? We've had calls coming in all day. <laughs> yeah, FCC on line one. No, I just, like, that's just not my thing. I get what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? And so here's the deal. The players, the quarterbacks don't want to talk about that either. Because I'm usually, unless I have unique insight into, like, how I know a coach thinks, I'm usually going to give the player perspective. I'll try to give mm-hmm. multiple, but... Ultimately, it's usually from a player's angle. They don't want to talk about it either because they've been (laughs) one or two of two things their whole lives, (laughs) black Mm -hmm. and quarterbacks. Oh, so the novelty of it for them has worn off. Now, that doesn't mean we can't recognize the significance. So here in my heart, I'm just saying there's like this fine line where you cross over the the less spectacular and less of an anomaly you make something mm-hmm. the more readily will become accustomed to it now considering this is the first time some of that is rendered a moot point i guess i would mean going forward cuz i would guess this won't be the last time it'll happen uh no this is the the start no let's not say that because there are a lot of folks that thought that they would get back to Super Bowls, and they're still waiting. I'll tell you what. Anytime you get Patrick Mahomes, you'll find him in the Super Bowl. Has Patrick Mahomes played in multiple AFC championship games? I'm just um, – is this his third Super Bowl? Second? Is it his second? How do – he's only Did 27. He, he lost one, so third – he lost one and won one. So yeah. this is his third. He's 27, and we're confusing the number of trips he's taken to play for a championship. Why do you think he carries as much criticism as he does all the time? Because he is a product of his own success. He I, does so well each and every year that people I d- expect I did, that I, did, I guess him. I didn't realize, and call me naive, I guess I didn't realize how many critics he has. Tons and people don't like people like, don't so, like so, the best ones. They like they like the underdog and they like a new thing. So because somebody's the best, they always are like, "I'm tired of this guy." So I'm what? Tired so, of seeing so what the, is it that you don't? So what is it that Tom you don't Brady think there. we like about Mahomes? That he's always there. That's it. I don't think there's anything else that you we didn't dislike really, about d- the guy. Shane, was there this? Did we hate Brady? Yes. No, you do because of the tuck rule, but I think we do. But I think I think Tom Brady. I think somewhere Tom Brady. <laughs> I think Tom Brady has somehow crossed over to the good guys. Yeah, 
I don't know. I don't. I think his the Deflate Gate and other things that follow him. See that that's go that's, with that's, him. that's 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 bad. That's bad. I, I don't want to jump all over you, but that whole can we just admit that the Deflate Gate thing was nonsense? Like that that's a. You that's don't think the, you don't think the PSIs the PSI and the balls were lowered? I think it's overrated. I I think that phenomenon is way overrated, and it could be. I but really do. All of that stuff sticks in people's minds, and so if you're petty, but he, but along those why lines, can't I? along yeah. those lines, because he's so good, because he was always there, people were tired of seeing him. People yeah. want the new, they want the fresh, they want to see something different, and that's the same thing with Mahomes. He's always there, which is great. Because it's going to make him a Hall of Famer someday. Yeah, I just think it's weird. Like, we think he gets, like, preferential treatment and he's he's special. But he is a special talent. And if I remember correctly, take a stab at how many roughing the passers Patrick Mahomes has called, had called on him all year. What what would be too high of a number? <laughs> well, it's part of the game. <laughs> um, let's see here. I'm going to say there's no way, but I'm going to say 11. Two. Wow. Yeah, so I don't get the whole preferential treatment thing. I, but he also gets the ball out every single time, so that doesn't you, shock me. Uh, but but it's, he, it's not like he's treated differently. I mean, yeah, it used to get on my nerves with the no look throws and the underhand stuff. But that's just that's more that says more about me than it does him, right? Like I can realize what if I'm being petty or kind of being a hater, yeah. And how he uh, I guess just carries himself throughout the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, he's unique. He's fun to watch. People <laughs> like that, but they liked it so early yeah. that now they feel like and you do you ever wonder if it's maybe Chiefs fans that they don't like and it's not Mahomes? I could see that. I, I could totally see that. I, I worked with a, the most staunch of Chief fans. and But he wasn't, he wasn't obnoxious, like no more than any other fan base. But why do Chief, Chiefs fans, I think, get a bad – do they get a bad rap? They seem like they get a bad rap. The Chiefs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we live in the Midwest, so we see a lot of Chiefs fans. But is Chiefs fans being passionate about their team any less of a no, it's just get on my it's, nerves it's any more than how Vikings fans are total pessimists? It's like, that's about, annoying, it's too. all about people being salty that their team isn't the Chiefs. <laughs> JP said sports fans are the pettiest. I, so, I I get it. Sometimes JP. you get a fan who who doesn't necessarily know how to take the winning because maybe their team was so bad. It's just so human long. nature. And and maybe when their team is winning, maybe they just come off as being I don't know a little bit arrogant or a little bit uh, just you know over the top. Sometimes, like if your team was just so bad from the mid 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s and then all of a sudden you got a great team you know they just sometimes a fan base doesn't necessarily know how to uh take that in stride <laughs> fickle people brian see he's fickle people brian on 
Twitter. He's out of breath, mm-hmm. Brian, for us. He says people are sick of Mahomes, Nebraska Furniture Mart commercials. But my buddy T-Mac, who's a diehard Texas fan, shout out to you, T-Mac, and your Longhorns getting the win last night at home against Baylor. He said his 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 wife. Wait, are they married now, or is it still? They're married, right? Who? Mahomes and his. Yes. Okay. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> I think. <laughs> they are. <laughs> he said the wifey and his brother hasn't done Mahomes any fa- favors. But we got to be able to separate that, don't we? Hey, you know how you said deflategate isn't a big deal? Yeah. What about banging trash cans in 2017? We're talking to Aaron Torres next. <laughs> Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. To within three is Western Kentucky, but Davis hits another three. Nellie Davis back-to-back triples. Florida 4, 38 Florida Atlantic. 14 and a half minutes left. Here comes the double team. Edie passes out of it to Jenkins. Three on the way for David. In and out and in again. David Jenkins with his third triple of the game. Armstrong is for the inbounds baseline left of the basket. Has nobody to go to. Gets into the corner. Daniels just throws it up off the rim. Rebound taken by Dixon at the buzzer. He won't get it. Providence wins the game. Hey, back with you, Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. He's Damon Benny, and I'm Andrew Rogers. And happy birthday, Matt Rule. It's Matt Rule's birthday, the big boss over at Nebraska. Is he the big boss? Kind of. I did say boss. He said I'm old. Get out of here. Matt Rule, happy birthday. He's younger than me. What's he, like 38? I think he's 46. I I feel like I I guess 38 because all of his coaches are about the same age, too. Um, uh, Before we move forward with Aaron Torres, uh, we are looking to get him on the line right now. I want to take a moment to tell you about Dingman's Dingman's Collision Center. What's that? 47. 47. Oh, that's (laughs) – no, they've been in business for 25 years, DB. 25. Uh, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I – I meant 72 minus 47. Oh, why are we doing math? Because it's 25. Okay. <laughs> I think. I got to ask Jamie. He's my math. Uh, let's get consultant. back to Dingman's here for a moment. They are family-owned, family-run local business here to work on your car and treat you, the customer, uh, like royalty. And not only that, they treat other charitable organizations in town like royalty, too. They have a give-back program where you literally get to choose who you want to donate to after you take after you take your car to Dingman's? It's a fantastic um, it's it's a fantastic way to stay involved with charitable organizations, but also for you to feel like you're doing something as well by taking your car to Dingman's. It's kind of a it, it, it's a great formula for success. Ding. They work for all makes and work on all makes and models from Ford to Tesla's four locations throughout the metro area along with that standalone mechanical shop at 120th and Maple. If you need help, go to Dingman's, dingmans.com. Let's get to Aaron Torres now. He's on line 1. Aaron, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How we doing? AT, what's up, buddy? Not much. How we doing? I'm good. I gotta ask, man, because I listen. I follow you on IG religiously. When are we bringing back hoodie at? <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> the I you know I did the uh, picks for years, and the picks got cold. And so first, I went hoodless at, and um, you know, listen, 
I um I, I can guys I'm uh, hold on I I can barely hear myself or it, yeah, I'm I'm hearing a crazy is there, is, is uh, pushback like when I I call maybe Shane can maybe you guys can call me back I'm sorry to do this live on air yeah that's maybe right you guys can call me back a- yep at will give you a call right back Shane see if we can see if we can grab him again he he's now he's working with Betfred too he's fantastic on Instagram and I only follow like I don't know twelve people. Uh, it, but he's one of them. I need to on get, Instagram. I need. I don't. You do, have an Instagram? Yeah. See, that's the thing. I don't do IG. I don't do it at all. So how do you follow him? You <laughs> made an account and you follow twelve people. So like, I made an account like when my kids were under eight. That's how old it is. Really? Yeah. That's I don't. I don't. I, I don't use. I don't use IG at all. Not even remotely. Is it really that old? I don't know. Like, what do I look like? Social I, I media you maven? Said, you said under eight. <laughs> it's more you yours, John. You it's 2010, 12 years old. Is that yeah. under eight? Yeah. Uh, so, yes, Caleb would have been five. That's right. Unbelievable. Yeah, he was not eight. Because he was 2005. That was his yeah. birth year? Yeah. <laughs> right there. Man. What? I feel old, and I'm... And I'm much younger than everybody I, else in this room. I am, and I'm kind of offended because Coach Rule said he feels old. He's one year younger than me. I'm old. Well, you feel old. That doesn't mean he can't feel old. It's all relative. <laughs> that probably wouldn't work in a- So if you say you feel old yeah. and Matt Rule says he feels old, why can't you both just feel old? That's a good point. That's oh, good. I know. It's a great point. <laughs> <laughs> just ask you. We, we, can't, we can't. It's still too much feedback, Shano? We got him. Aaron's back. Let's hear him. Aaron, welcome back, man. Sorry about that, fellas. I, uh, I, the, 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 there was a bad like background noise, so I apologize for doing that live on air. Oh, you're good. Uh, I hope everybody's well. And to answer your question, when the picks get cold, you change up everything. Uh, and so the hood went hoodless, and then I went to no hood at all. Uh, and I'm still trying to get back on track. I, I you know, I, I had a. Really good year a few years ago, and, uh, you know, picks have been a little cold. But we'll see. We'll see, Andrew. We'll see. Hey, so it's interesting, though, A.T., because it's so topsy-turvy. Like, we just saw last night, like, Texas Tech erases a 21-point deficit. Baylor finishes darn near right at the number. I think that was like four and a half. How much of it has to do with the fact that Vegas is better, too? Like, Texas Tech was favored last night. I know. Right? No, it's 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 crazy, and you know what I would say too is I, I think because there's so much parity, like from a gambling perspective, I think because there's so much parity, um, you know, I don't ever remember for 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 gamblers out there, I don't ever remember numbers moving the way that they have because I think Vegas is like mispegging them. Like there was, you know, the Big Twelve SEC Challenge was this weekend, and there were a few really good games, and I mean, just as an example, right. Kansas opens as a one-point favorite against Kentucky. It's bet all the way to Kentucky minus two and a half, and then by by tip-off, it's about uh, it's about a pick'em. You know, uh, Texas open or excuse me, Tennessee open as a seven and a half point favorite. It was bet down to about five by the time of tip-off on on Saturday night. So I think what we're seeing, and, and listen, guys, I, you know, anyone who's followed me has heard me say this, but I think you know most year 
years when people say that the sport is wide open, I think that the narrative is, is largely not true. I think that for the most part, most years, you can probably whittle it down to about four to six teams that can realistically win it every single year. This year, though, guys, it is it is legitimately wide open where even the teams like Purdue, like Alabama, like Houston, I think have pretty big flaws. Uh, it's going to make for a great NCAA tournament, but in terms of trying to like you know figure these teams out on a game-by-game basis in the regular season, it definitely makes things much, much tougher. We're speaking with Aaron Torres, Fox Sports Radio host Aaron Torres with an underscore in the middle on Twitter. You mentioned the NCAA tournament. Stay right there because this is something that always intrigues me at this point in the year. When you look at surprises, there's always one team every year come March. Last year it was St. Peter's. The year before that, it was Oral Roberts. Uh, with being just over a month away before the start of conference tournament play, who would you currently say is your so-called favorite team to watch when it comes to making a deep run in the tournament? Well, you know, I I don't think it's, um, you know, it's a surprise. You know, first of all, I'll say right in your guys' backyard, I think Creighton, and I said this the other day after they beat Xavier, I think they're going to be completely misseeded. And, you know, I saw them on their trip out to Vegas this, this, uh, you know, back in December where, you know, first of all, they played a brutal schedule. I mean, you guys know, but they played, they went straight from Maui to Austin, um, you know, three games in Maui to Austin. They come home for one game, and then they go out to Vegas for two games. And then they have their Big East tournament op- or Big East opener on the road. So I mean, you have seven a seven eight game stretch that's just brutal. But you lose six in a row, four of them without Ryan Kalkbrenner. So the record doesn't look good. But I think they're playing like a top fifteen team in the country right now. So they're one. Um, that's not ranked, and they probably shouldn't be ranked. But, you know, I said it the other day, I think they'll probably end up in that 6-7-8 range and just be a team that absolutely nobody wants to play. Um, and then, you know, it's a team that I know um, – they're in the top ten right now, so it's hard to be like, oh, you know, they're they're you know they're going to make a surprise run. But you know, I do think Kansas State. I think because it's a first year head coach, because it's a bunch of players who weren't there. Uh, I think people kind of has, has have hesitations about them. I actually feel like it's the opposite. They they have two, I think, really bona fide stars in Marquise Noel and, and Keontae Johnson, two guys that can get you a basket when, when you need it, something that in March, you know, there's just going to be moments where you just need a player to take over, and they have two guys that can do that. And they do have players themselves on that roster with tournament experience. Desi Sills was part of Arkansas's Elite Eight team. Keontae Johnson has played tournament games before. So I know, you know, nobody – you can't call a top 10 team a surprise team or a dark horse team or whatever, but I do think there's something to them being, oh, you know, they're, you know, they're a great regular season story, but can they do it in March, first-year head coach? Sometimes those teams flame out. I don't think Kansas State is built like that. Let me ask you along those lines of maybe an off-the-radar team because I typically I think they're overvalued and the Penny Hardaway factor sometimes reigns supreme with how he's recruited. But this year, I actually think they're kind of flying under the radar. The metrics don't always love them. But Kendrick Davis is arguably the best player in the country. Not enough hoop heads talk about, uh, especially when I watch all the hype with Mitchell last night in Texas. I'm like, he's not even the best freshman <laughs> on the floor. But neither, <laughs> neither here nor there. Let me stay right there with Memphis. Is this finally a year where – we because we've been burned they're not getting kind of their due or is this a team that you still think is built on flaws 
Well, no, I, I actually agree with you on them. You know, and it's been talked about if, if you watch Memphis at all, like what I'm about to say is not a unique or original take. But, you know, Penny Hardaway, when he first got to Memphis, he said NBA background, we're going to be almost like an NBA, you know, minor league team, kind of like what Kentucky's done, what Duke has done, all that. And then he realized, like, hey, it's really hard to, to get 18-year-olds to, to play at the highest level. Um, you know, it's really hard. You know, obviously when you have elite recruits, there's a lot of noise around them, you know, whether it's NBA draft stuff, whether it's agents, whether it's handlers, whether it's whatever. And this year he almost went the exact opposite. I mean, they have, I, I would guess, I don't know if this is for sure, but I would guess the oldest team in college basketball where I think all five of their starters are either grad transfers, fifth-year seniors, or fourth-year seniors. It was funny, I, I flipped on their game the other day, and they said they, their five starters are seniors or above. Yep. And I said, I didn't know you could go above a senior. I didn't know, I, maybe I missed something. That, you know, maybe we're re, we're re, we've changed how we're classifying people. So, you know, we're talking 23, 24, 25-year-old grown men in that, in that lineup, especially because so many of these kids still have that COVID year available to them. And so I do think they're another team that's a great, great question on them is that I think because they don't have that flashy, one-and-done, top-ten type pick on the the roster like they have in the past that they're probably getting a little bit overlooked but I do think they're a really 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 good team speaking of another age team a team with a lot of familiarity is FAU and uh, it started with Charleston now it's the Owls as the team that's kind of like whoa here they are watch these guys now they can play basketball but will the Owls end up being too good to be labeled a Cinderella team come the tournament yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that tends to happen sometimes, guys, and I know you know this, but, like, you know, a team is so good that, you know, they get seated as a – and, I, I you know, I, just for the record, I don't tend to look at a ton of bracketology this time of year because stuff changes so much. So that's not a knock to Joe Lenardi or anybody who works really hard on that stuff. So I don't know where FIU is bracketed, but, you know, it, it, it sounds counterintuitive, but in some cases you sometimes get, like, a tougher draw the better you are, right? So I actually think, like, Memphis is a great example of that last year is, you know, they, they by the end of the year they were playing like a top – frankly, like a top – 10 top 12 type team. I think there were metrics with Memphis last year where they were like the uh, a top five team in the country over the final month of the season. They end up playing their way all the way to the eight, nine seed line, which sounds like a great thing. Then all of a sudden they had to play Gonzaga in round two. And so again, I, I haven't looked at a ton of um, bracketology in terms of where Florida Atlantic would be. Um, but you start to look at a team like that. If, if they all of a sudden get on the eight, nine line, um, just as an example, you got to play an, a, a number one in round two, or you 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 get you get up to a seven seed and you're playing a two seed in round two. Where sometimes you know you end up on that twelve line. Yeah, you got to play a five, but you're playing a five and a four, which are two fringe top twenty five teams to get to a sweet sixteen. So you know FAU it has been a great story. Dusty May's obviously done an incredible job with that group. Um, but to your guys' point, I think it's a great question. Is sometimes you can be too good for your own good uh, during the regular season. And I'll be curious to see if that's reflected when the bracket ultimately comes out here in a couple weeks. Aaron, let me ask you about a team who the metrics like, even though they're only 6-3 and three against quad one teams. They're led by a freshman. Uh, and I'll get your thoughts on Brandon Miller here in a second. And maybe it's me, so I'm willing to have you talk me through this. Their style of play lowers my trust level, <laughs> even though mm -hmm. the numbers say they got a chance to be pretty good. 
is it fair or foul that Alabama's style of play lends itself to being not a very trustworthy team late in March? Well, I think the difference this year with Alabama, and I keep saying this, and if anyone's ever heard me in a different interview, I apologize because I've said this for about a month now, guys, is that, you know, I think because Nate Oates is kind of known as the new age, three spacing, you know, shots at the rim kind of guy, um, that, you know, I, I think because he's that guy, he's known as that guy. Um, I don't think people realize Alabama is playing great defense this year. They're, they're an elite defensive team, according to the numbers, uh, great rebounding team, great shot blocking team. And those are the kinds of things that translate to March. Now, my concern with them is you look at, at Alabama is that three of their top four scorers are freshmen. Um, and they're, they're, the fourth guy in that top four is a transfer from the MAC. And so you guys know how March is. You get in a one-and-done setting, everybody could say they're ready, this, that, the other thing, but until you're there, it just makes it really, really, really tough. So, you know, the style of play doesn't bother me as much, guys. I, I don't think they're as reliant on three-point shooting as they have been in the past. You know, this year especially, they're, they're great at the rim with, with Noah Clowney and some of the big guys down low. But you put a, a starting lineup that at times, or really a rotation that has four freshmen and a transfer who's never played in the NCAA tournament out there, um, you know, they're going to look really great some nights. And then, you know, what do they do when they're in that one point game, one possession game with under a minute to go? I think they're one of the more fascinating teams to follow because I think as, as good as they are, I could also see them flaming out early because they're just so young, talented, 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 but really young. You know, keeping it in line with Bama here, we ask ourselves every week, if there's another team that's in Tier 1A next to Purdue, and recently it was Alabama, and most weeks we have an answer. Um, but after that loss to Oklahoma, it almost, says, it almost seems as if Purdue is finally standing alone. That's not to say that you don't see another team up there. And if you do, uh, tell me, because I, I would like to know if there's another team that you would pool in the mix of 1A, that top team in all of college basketball, truly above everyone else, or if it's just Purdue. No, I think it's just Purdue right now. And even mm -hmm. Purdue, I mean, you know, listen, the Big Ten's a grind. Um, I know they don't always perform well in the tournament, the, the Big Ten as a whole, but that's a really tough conference to, uh, you know, to go on the road and win games in. I mean, I was talking to Robbie Hummel about this yesterday on his show, but, you know, this isn't – and listen, I live in Pac-12 country. I love Pac-12 country, but you guys know the Big Ten. I mean, Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin – uh, you know, Purdue, Indiana. I mean, you're talking about 10, 12, 15, 18,000 people every single night when you walk in a road venue. So I want to give Purdue the, the credit they deserve. But even them, you know, two freshman guards in their lineup, that concerns me a little bit as well. Um, you know, the team that, guys, I'm, I'm starting to get intrigued by, but, you know, they have a, <laughs> they have a history of certainly letting us down is, is the Tennessee Volunteers. And I'll tell you why. It's because, you know, they, they, they check all the box. First of all, great win against Texas the other night. They check all the boxes of older veteran been there before. But then also on top of that, you know, they really, you know, they're, they're ranked whatever they are, fourth, fifth in the country this year. They are really now just starting to get healthy, right? So they beat Texas the other night. They have a kid named Olivier Kongwa has 22 yeah. points. He tore his ACL around this time last year and is just now getting back to who he was, averaging about you know double figures at this time last year. 
uh, Josiah Jordan James is is a, a fourth year senior that's just getting back healthy after missing about six weeks to start the season. So you know Tennessee is intriguing to me as a potential upper upper tier team, but they're also a team that's never done it before, right? Like it's hard to to say like this is a team I feel great about penciling in to go to the Final Four when literally they've never been to the Final Four in school history. So you know they're one that I think could get there, but again, you know how excited can you be when they've never done it? But, 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 you know, I do think right now it's Purdue. But even Purdue, like I said, freshman guards, great story. Um, but even them I have some questions about in the bigger picture. Yeah, let me ask you, because you are in Pac-12 country, and they, they drive me crazy because they make these runs and the personnel is <laughs> relatively the same. But then I watch them against Arizona and I watch them against SC and I'm like, why does UCLA drive me crazy? They got all – I, seemingly all the parts. I, I'm hoping Tiger Campbell settles into the role that they're going to utilize him. And I know Cronin wants him to score more. He hasn't played as many minutes. But when you look at UCLA, or maybe I just ask you about the Pac-12 as a whole, who's the best team in the Pac-12? It's a great question. I don't think there's an obvious answer. Well, I, I do think there's an obvious answer. I do think it's UCLA. Okay. Which, again, speaks to this college basketball season because UCLA is currently on a two-game losing streak to the two best teams of the conference, right? They lost you know, at Arizona a few Saturdays ago and then at USC the other night. Um, I, I still think it's UCLA, but what I will say about UCLA, and we, we just talked about injuries with Tennessee and, and this and that, is that you know, they have a freshman named Amari Bailey. Um, I, I think he's kind of important to what they do because, you know, they, they have guys that can get the job done kind of in the, the, the half court and in the, the, the you know, in the, the flow of a game. But again, it comes down to sometimes in March, you just need to go a guy that can go get you a basket. And I still think he's that kid that can do that, Amari Bailey, the, the freshman who's been kind of in and out of the lineup. And so I'm still a believer in them. They're another one that check a lot of boxes, veteran team, guys that have obviously had tournament success. You mentioned Tiger Campbell is a veteran guard who's just been in so many big games. Jaime Jaquez has been in so many big games. But I do worry about, you know, I, I do just want to see them get healthy before I get too excited. And then also, they, you know, they kind of got to start winning some of these games, yeah. right? I mean, they, they obviously, they lost they're probably their two biggest out-of-conference games. And as I said, they've lost their two biggest in-conference games so far this year. But they're one that's very intriguing to me. I would say I actually think Arizona is a little bit more frustrating to me because they're another one. They can go on a 14 nothing run and look like the best team in the country. And then all of a sudden you look up and it's a two-point game, you know, against Washington State or Oregon or something with two minutes to go. So I think the Pac-12, I think there's a lot of question marks there. But I would also say, you know, and I think it's the theme of the conversation, guys, I think there's a lot of question marks basically across all of college basketball right now. Got about two and a half minutes here, Aaron. I want to ask you about a team in the Big East not named Creighton because Creighton started the year as the preseason favorite and then they kind of dropped off. But then there was a team that was at the the bottom of the pack to start the year and uh, they've just been continued continuing to rise over and over and over again this year. And that's Marquette. They were preseason ranked ninth finishing ninth in the Big East, and now what are they, like 14th in the nation? They're an offensive machine. The big knock on them was they lost their key leading scorers from last year coming into this year. But what is it about this team that makes them so special, so good this year? You guys are asking a lot of great questions, and and they're one of the teams, they're one of my just favorite teams to just watch in general – Listen, guys, it's cliche, and if you hear people talk about college basketball and Marquette specifically, but, you know, Shaka Smart goes to Texas, and 
you know, he had great success at VCU, goes to Texas, and, and listen, guys, I know you guys talk a lot of football. We know it's just it's a little different in Texas. You know, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. There's a lot of people uh, that maybe don't have a ton of experience running a program, telling you how that you how you should be running your program. And so, you know, he kind of was essentially forced out of there. Um, you know, he wasn't fired, but but he kind of actively just kind of looked for another job. And I just think he got a fresh start where he's able to do it his way. Sign the guys that he wants to to sign, play the style that he wants to play. And they're just fully bought in. And they play so hard on both ends of the court. I think I said this, but they're one of my favorite teams to just watch in general. And they're not filled with, with five stars, but they put so much pressure on you defensively, so much pressure on you when they have the ball offensively. Um, and they're one that I'm, I'm really, really intrigued by because, you know, last year they got off to a really hot start, and then by, by this time they started to flame out a little bit. They're one that, you know, maybe isn't on the radar of people right now, but, you know, would it surprise me if they ended up uh, as a two or a three seed and making a deep run? They, it wouldn't. Um, again, I, I just want to see it because last year they kind of were on a similar trajectory and flamed out, but they're one of the best stories, and I think what it comes down to is, you know, the cliche in college sports of, having the right coach and a bunch of guys that believe in what he wants to do as a head coach. Everybody's aligned in that program. Aaron, we appreciate Always it, man. So Thanks good, so AT. much. We need to talk again soon. No problem, fellas. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your patience. Sorry about the technical hey, no difficulties worries. early, but excited about it. Hey, thanks man. for working thanks, with Aaron. us. We appreciate you. Scott Ritchie, up next. Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Timmy Allen, the six foot six senior preseason All-Big 12 team. Shannon pulls up three, and it's good. 73-70 Illinois. Carter Gilmore around a pick of Seijin, trying to get free. The freshman in the lane. Bad pass. Stolen by Shannon. Hello! Slam dunk. Shannon with the slam. And it brings the State Farm Center crowd to its feet. The sellout, 15,544. Nebraska takes on the Fighting Illini tonight at 6 o'clock. That game in Champaign, always a tough place to play. It's Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. He's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers. We are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. We'll continue talking about this game and the Illinois Fighting Illini right now with Scott Ritchie, Illinois men's basketball and football for the News Gazette. Scott, good morning. Morning, guys. Hey, Scott, good morning. Hey, Scott, Illinois is heating up at the right time. You know, the Illini have won six of its last seven, which is probably good because I don't know how many more years Brad Underwood could have <laughs> afford knocking off his life uh, with how frustrating things have been in the early going. So what, what really sparked this turnaround for this team? Well, I think it was Brad Underwood's willingness to have everything he was doing offensively and defensively and start over during the season, and I don't know how many coaches might be willing to do that, but on offense, you know, they move from, well, they still run a little bit of five out, but it's, they've gone back to his spread offense, you know, running it you know, through the high post, and defensively uh, moved on from switching everything to basically the defense they ran last year. It was Dan Danger and the Kofi Coburn goal, you know, drop coverage, and it's worked. Um, I mean, it's, it took a little bit of time maybe to make that adjustment, but, you know, 
the defense in particular has been uh, much better, maybe more consistent, and you know, doing enough offensively, you know, to make it work. Yeah, let's stay. I want to stay right there with Dane Danger because I think. Listen, I I get it with Trace Jackson Davis and and Edie. There are a lot of bigs that folks talk about other than Dane Danger, and it's not necessarily any one particular eye-popping stat other than maybe his blocks per game, but he seems to be so integral to what Illinois does when they're going well. What are we missing statistically when we talk about the value of Dane Danger? Well, it's interesting because he played nine minutes of college basketball uh, at Baylor before transferring to Illinois, and you know, the coaches spoke highly of him you know, in the offseason, um, that you know, he could be a big part of what they wanted to do. It, it took some time to get there, but I mean, I think it's just he does a little bit of everything, like, and he's better defensively than I think uh, maybe you know, anyone expected. Um, he's just got those long arms that certainly help him. And I think on the offensive end, he's sometimes gets maybe a little overconfident and tries to move as he shouldn't, but he's nimble. He's a good passer. They can run things through him in the high post. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just all these little things that sort of add up to him being this key cog where, I mean, I'm not sure anyone outside of Champaign would have anticipated that. You know, speaking of another key cog, it's the same thing with Matthew Mayer. I mean, you look at him and how he started Starting the year. to get it going, maybe. He, he, points just weren't there. Minutes were. Um, and, and they started, you know, limited. But, you know, now it, it's starting to really accrue. He's starting to play close to 30 minutes a game on most nights. I mean, what about him and his ability to step up for this team? Because for the longest time, it was Terrence Shannon. For the longest time, and then Danger got involved a little bit, but now, but now Mayor's really started to make his presence known. Well, I think this is the Matthew Meyer that uh, Illinois was hoping it would get. You know, just you know, playing a bigger role, you know, maybe more prominent role than he did at Baylor, where it's fairly egalitarian. It's like everyone's just kind of equal. It's <laughs> a great, Baylor, great, great no, word. There's no true stars. Um, Although Keontae George maybe this year is a little bit, but um, it just it took him some time. You know, this season, you know, he didn't get to Champaign until sort of mid July, so he missed a lot of that summer where he could have, you know, gotten into a rhythm with his new teammates. Um, you know, gotten used to Adam Fletcher you know, as a strength and conditioning coach, and you know, a back injury then you know, limited limited him even more when he got to campus, and then through sort of that early fall, so he just wasn't in you know, the best shape, best basketball shape at least. Um, but, you know, over the last, I guess it's been, what, 10 or 11 games at this point, like, I think he's playing up to the potential that everyone maybe thought he had when like, when all those, you know, offseason, you know, these are the best transfers lists, had him, you know, certainly near the top. And no one maybe has more confidence in Matthew Meyer than Matthew Meyer. And like, I think he showed that. Saturday again, Wisconsin, in the second half, he just kind of took over. I'm going to take advantage of your crossover here in a second and get to football. But let me ask you one more thing about the the game tonight, just because it's fresh in my mind, because um, he killed Nebraska uh, the first time around. I think he went 12-5. and five. He shot over 50% from the floor. Kind of a pogo stick, too, in Coleman Hawkins, who is, is, a, is a good defender. Uh, he's rebounded the basketball well in conference. He kind of gives a nice little – 
wing stopper presence. How has he been able to kind of evolve and fit in as you're trying to work? You got a bucket getter, you got a guy in the post, you got a shooter. What's Coleman Hawkins for Illinois? He's kind of everything. And I think that's how he fits on this team is he can do basically everything on the court and doesn't have to be, sometimes doesn't try to be, you know, this go-to scorer, although he could be that too. Like he's a good shooter uh, at times needs to be more aggressive and he frustrates the fan base because he doesn't score, but he does not frustrate Brad Underwood because he does everything else. He rebounds. He's a good passer. He's unselfish. You know, he defends and can defend a lot of positions. I think just he's this sort of, you know, just maybe a perfect fit next to, you know, the other guys that, that he's out there with. Okay, so so we're kind of describing it, right? I talked about the bucket getter. That's Shannon. Danger uh, is is kind of that guy in the post. You, you're getting good shooting now from, from Matty. You have Coleman Hawkins. When you look at this team's makeup relative to some other Brad Underwood teams that have maybe underwhelmed in March, do you like these pieces? Yes. I mean, I think they have the talent, and maybe, you know, when you look at the tournament and what's hurt them is you've know, been, you know, trying to both slow down your talented, like, bigger guards and wings, and then also maybe just not having, you know, enough of that. But they have those pieces now. I wonder, you know, at the lead guard spot, you know, yeah. it's freshman. Yeah. Um, but Jaden Epps seems to be settling into that, that role more, and his playing time has ticked up. Yes, he's kind of asserted himself as that guy. Um, I mean, he's another guy that can you know, go out and you know, get buckets. But the tournament's such a crapshoot. Um, obviously, hasn't gone Illinois' way the last couple of years um, for a variety of reasons. I mean, I think they have the talent to make a run this year, but I don't know. This year in college basketball has just been so wildly outrageous at times that who knows how, how the tournament's going to go. We're talking to Scott Ritchie, Illinois men's basketball and football for the News Gazette. Follow him on Twitter, at SRRitchie. Changing gears quickly here to football. Got about two minutes here, Scott. Um, Illinois bringing back Ward from K-State now. I mean, he was the running backs coach at Illinois for a few years back around 2016 to 2018. And then, you know, he's had 20 years coaching experience throughout, but he's coming back over from K-State, a program that was so successful last year. Now he coached wide receivers, coming back to coach running backs. How impactful can he be once again for this Illinois program? I mean, I think that was an important hire for Brett Bielma. Um, And mostly because... Thad Ward is a recruiter, and yeah. he needed a, and Bielman needed a strong recruiter um, to well replace Corey Patterson at running backs coach because you know Corey was a really good recruiter. Um, you know Thad obviously has a ton of experience, has experience in Champaign, um, has experience in the state of Illinois, and you know that's been you know a central focus for Brett Bielman since he was hired was you know, recruiting the state of Illinois better. Um, and, you know Thad worked at Western Illinois for six years and then he was at northern for three before his stint um here at illinois so i mean i think it's a it's a good hire it's an interesting one you know that he's coming back on a entirely new you know coaching staff but i mean i think the recruiting piece uh, it was big and then he's gonna uh, the running back room there's you know, a question there because chase brown is gone and he was the guy you know for you know, the better part of two years and you know, someone's going to have to step up, but, you know, 
Fad's going to have some some options you know to work with there. Scott, Scott, quickly, uh, we saw Harbaugh do it with quarterbacks and transfers early without developing his own. You've got two in Altmeyer and Card. Sustainable? I, mean, I don't know if it's sustainable, but I think that's the way it's going to work. I mean, I wonder what the value is in recruiting high, high school quarterbacks anymore. Because mm. there's going to be options in the portal every year. And if you can get a guy with a little experience and bring him in and give him a bigger role, that could be, could be good. We'll see. Scott, we appreciate Great it. Thanks stuff, so much. Scott. Appreciate you. All right, thanks, guys. Joel Lorenzi up next. Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. We are back to close down the show with Joel Lorenzi. I know we said we'd talk a little NHL, which we uh, didn't end up getting to, That's but we'll fault. take that to Morning Dumb. How is that my fault? Because you're not you're not making a big enough stink to the bosses about you want all the time in the world. Do they not know that you want a 24-hour show? Yes, this is, this is only me. Nobody can this, get the bill like totally you. totally on me. You guys are practically like in cahoots. We are. I feel like we're more in cahoots, though. It's all right. I'll work on We're God. a team. That's all right. I'll work on Chris. He's aggressive. <laughs> I'll go get the aggressive guy. Well, we will add all of that conversation to Morning Dump. We'll also talk a little bit about that new bill that I wanted to get to. Uh, speaking of bills. But right now, I want to get to Joel Lorenzi. He's on the phone. Uh, Joel, good morning. Good morning, guys. Joel, I'm just happy that you 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 get to us every Tuesday morning because I feel like, you know, we make it tough on you. So I just want you to first. know we appreciate you. And you still have one of the greatest voices for radio. It's like, you know. You think so? Seriously? It's kind of smooth. Listen, I like different, and it's it's – it's low. It's kind of grovelly. It looks like we just got. It sounds like we just got you out of bed, and we just roll, man. Like natural is good. I'm team all natural. Well, I appreciate that because I've I've never heard anything like that. Awesome. I, honestly, I'm I'm sticking to the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm Mike Gum for your job now. Hey, yes, I'll just play. Listen, I'll, I'll share. We can share. I can't write for beans, but I we can, can share. Read. <laughs> I can't read. Y'all got a third I'm, chair in there? I'm, I'm yeah, not, I'm hey, not it's set it. up for you right now. <laughs> yeah, listen, let me ask Come on you. In. I, I was messing with my partner in crime. We were at the game together, and uh, I kept messing with. I'm joking with him that Ryan Nemhart has the best one hand finishes in the paint. I I need to do some statistical work. But their two-point field goal percentage has gone up markedly, right? I was talking about uh, Matt DeMarinas' tweets a couple, a couple days ago talking about Kalkbrenner. Creighton's guards. When's the last time do you remember guards finishing around the 10 the way that Creighton's guards finish in the paint? Yeah, no. The, well, to your, to your first point, um, I think Nemhard, when he was in his funk, the shots – you saw him hit the other day. They they weren't falling, so people were very critical of him. And now it's like I I thought it was impressive, especially I mean Xavier's not no overbearing defense, um, but still they got two bigs around the rim usually, and um, for him to penetrate the way he did and show off his burst often, um, I thought it was encouraging for him. 
especially after the stretch she had for a few games, you know, a couple weeks ago. But um, in terms of her guards getting around, the, yeah, I, I, like you said, and you know, going back to the Marinas' tweet that we were talking about this yesterday, um, it's just the the Cogburner effect, man. <laughs> Dude, it's it's so much unlocked when he's on the floor, um, and just even. You know, him just being out there, I think Sean Miller was very complimentary of him. Him just being out there, both on defense and offense, it it does so much for Creighton. And on offense, um, teams are just scared of it. Every twitch of his muscle, and it just gives dudes lane. You know, Joel, as I reflected on that win, I listened to what Coach Mack had to say, and um, the quote I took away was, we're not the same team that we were in Maui, which, you know, makes me think that, wow, they must have taken a step up because, you know, they were great when they were in Maui. But, you know, then I started hearing different claims about identity and like, oh, they finally got back to it. But, you know, I told DB yesterday, I'm like, I think, I think they have the same identity. I don't think it's a new identity. I think they just have an enhanced version of what their identity was because of all of the adversity that they had had to fight through to get to the point they are in the season. But how would you attribute um, what is happening right now within the program in regards to identity? Would you say it's, it's there, they, they got it back, it's the same as it once was, or it is this new enhanced identity? No, I'd agree with you. I think uh, they're better now because of what they went through. Um, and and I think Mac uh, went on to say that, you know, this team now is better than the team in Maui because of the same reason, because I think they've gone through, you know, back in Maui. Um, even though they had that rough game, Thomas to open the season, didn't know yet that they weren't the best Student team in the Big East, like we we didn't know yet that they were games they could shoot themselves out of. Like we didn't know that was possible. And in Maui, they they shot the skin off the ball um, for the most part. And um, so, looking back then, as well as they played, I think the way they carried themselves, what they had faced to that point, they hadn't seen anything yet. So I think they're really hung with their game losing streak and really saw that despite the preseason ranking, the thing wasn't going to be handed. And so I think after all, uh, they're a new team. And, you know, in recent weeks, they found ways to win games without the three having a necessary fall in it. Then against Xavier, it all came together on both. Joel, it's interesting. I, I, I watch Matt close. I'm a big body language guy. And, and it's my favorite part of how he interacts with his players. He sat Kaluma early before the TV timeout, and he sat him for a minute. <laughs> it wasn't just, hey, come see me. We'll see you after the break. And it seems like I'm watching their vibe and their body language. He has full control of this team again in terms of what he wants and what he expects. And I watch guys nod their head in feedback and listen um, and make eye contact. Was that was that part of it? Him, and by him I mean Coach Mack, learning to to reset expectation with with bona fide superstars. It's not just Kaluma; it's a talented team. But it seems like he's reestablished 
that he's Coach Mack and they're going to play a certain way? Um, maybe. I think uh, – I don't think he ever really had to reset expectations because I think while while the outside views, expectations might have shifted and um, a lot of uh, viewers might have had to set that on the way we view Mm-hmm. At least during the middle of the year, we had I think be patient with a lot of guys. Uh, I think Mac upheld the same expectation, and so um, I think it was just a lot of returns along the way. That's probably why I think uh, most of these guys were able to find their rhythm and are in their role and comfortable out there. And you can see that, that um, especially with a guy like Cologne, man. Since the new year, and uh, I think part of that was just um, like I mentioned, all these dudes being um, and having the faith that they come around and then have you know max reassurance all the way. It makes it now back. Joel, we talked to Aaron Torres earlier on in the show, and he mentioned Creighton and how they could be kind of a sneaky surprise team. You thought once, they'd be misseeded. Yeah, misseeded once the brackets officially came out. How do you think other teams are assessing Creighton right now in the Big East? And do you believe with the momentum they're carrying, I'm going to go back to now John Fanta from a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> a Big East title could be in their future? Yeah, um, I think obviously that's the popular opinion, right, that they're they're going to be uh, probably the scariest upset uh, that I could think of in recent memory if they do end up in an eight-meter or high. Um, but at this rate, with games they're winning, if, if they keep winning like this, because it seems like they're hitting their stride right now, I don't know how long we'll be in conversation. I don't think they could stay a uh, misseated team forever, right? I think this season goes well for them. I think we're talking about a four or five, mm. uh, maybe at worst a six. The committee really just there um, enough and and really see that six game three a blemish. But I don't think they stay projected at uh, eight or nine or whatever. That that seems ridiculous. That uh, something or nothing. Uh- Back-to-back games with all five scores and double figures, and I get the offensive efficiency. It was immaculate. But we already talked about St. John's nor Xavier defensive-minded ball clubs. But Xavier only turned the ball over nine times. Sule Boom, only one field goal. Fremantle was one of only two guys to shoot over 50% from the floor. Are we discounting Creighton defending as part of this run? Hmm. What you mean discounting? Well, it doesn't seem like we're talking about them defensively enough. No, no, no. Uh, well, if you read my work. I, and I do. <laughs> no. I'm validating Joel Lorenzi is what I'm doing. Call him out. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, no. Well, I think uh, I think it's been easier maybe to point at, especially in that Xavier game, the defense job. Because uh, I think the the consistent scoring across the board, um, it's is sustainable at this point now. Um, all those guys average double figures. I think it's been more efficient, and uh, you know, it's seen 
easier in recent games because I think they just know how to play together now and they know each other's spots whatnot. But um, the defensive end was so good. I mean, that's the only reason they, they spanked Xavier the way nobody has yet. Uh, if Sule Boom even gets off for 10 points, that's probably a different game. Mm. Uh, nobody has has defended him that way, so it's made for that. Joel, you're the best, man. Appreciate your time. We'll talk again next week. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you guys. At JX Lorenzi on Twitter. He's the Creighton beat writer for the Omaha World Herald. That'll do it for today's show on Coffee and Cream, but stay tuned because tomorrow we have a lot more in store. We're headed over to your favorite podcast platform for Morning Dump now.